finger roll by Dr. J. I always turns in and do a three-point play. And so, yeah, I definitely see a need, whereas the demand is really high and the supply is really low for just kind of good, solid family. My agenda now is to is to make make content for a secular world, but to just have some redemptive value in this yeah. Welcome back to another rep. That's right. My name's Steve Hagan. Thanks for dialing in. I know you got a jillion opportunities to listen to a whole bunch of stuff, and you chose to listen to this. So I am so excited that you're part of the team. Today, David Doc Abbott is on. You're going to love this story. I love this story. So uh, tell some friends, share this around, hit like, hit subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. But most of all, Lean in, laugh along, and let's go get another rep with the doctor. Let's go, Doc. Man, this is so fun. I've been sitting here talking with Doc for about, uh, I don't even know how many minutes, but this guy, David Abbott, he lives in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. We became fast friends over um, at a coffee shop. I don't know why we met. I'm just glad we met, you know, and this is kind of the start of it. He has this super cool um, story. You're going to tell us how you got named Doc, first of all, (laughs) and then we're going to roll. But hey, welcome to another rep. I am so excited that you're on and uh, let's let's get rocking, man. So let's start. You grew up in Texas, right? Yeah. How'd you get nicknamed Doc? Yeah, yeah. Coach Hagan, thanks for having me on today, man. It's, it's a pleasure to be in your space. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been kind of fun how we just sort of immediately became buddies. You know, isn't it funny how God just sort of orchestrates that sometimes oh, yeah. for people? And uh, so anyway, thanks for having me It wasn't me. On. me. I didn't yeah. walk into a <laughs> coffee shop going, man, I got to go, yeah. go meet this long-haired, yeah. Willie Nelson-looking <laughs> dude, but he's about 6'3 <laughs> or 4 or something like that. So just super cool, man. Yeah, it, it's funny. I love organic friendships when they start like ours. Do. Yeah. It's just on our own, we just met each other. So, And um, he's but, an athlete. I, I left that part out. We got to go back, man. Yeah, You're yeah. an athlete. Yeah, so well, that, anyways, how'd you get to be called Doc? Yeah, so that, that's where it started for me. Um, I, believe it or not, I, um, I, my buddies, all the way back to middle school, so it was the seventh grade, when all my friends started calling me Doc because I loved Dr. J. <laughs> Julius Irvin was my, my man. That's right. And and I and I could really jump and I was playing street you know, street ball. Very cool. And uh, and so everybody kinda had their player, you know, and Dr. J was my man and I always used to have this thing I would say, uh a finger roll by Dr. J. I always turned in and do a three point play. <laughs> and so it's it's just crazy because the, all my little buddies started calling me Doc, and next thing you know, I mean, that stuck with me uh, uh, throughout my whole life. Even today, half the people in Nashville only know me as Doc. That's it, amazing. It, it's really funny. I, I don't. That's, that's <laughs> super cool. <laughs> Finger roll by Dr. J. Always turns into a three point play. So, you played basketball. What yeah. town did you grow up in? Yeah, Texas? I grew up in Tyler, Texas. Okay. Which is the rose capital of the world, uh, home of Earl Campbell and a whole bunch of other f- famous people actually came from Tyler. Um, You're 50, 53. I just 53. Turned, just so, turned 53. how old was Earl when you were? Was uh, he at Texas when you were little? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's probably 10 years older than. I think he's at least 10 years older than yeah. me. Yeah. When I ended up going to the University of Texas, uh, he, Earl Campbell was a coach there. So you can't just splash that on yeah. everybody, man. I, when I went to the university, we got to do a little build-up, rewind yeah, yeah, that thing yeah, back. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But, <laughs> so yeah, you grew up in Tyler, Texas, yeah, playing ball. You know, backing it up even before that, you know, we kind of lived, grew up in the hood, really. My mom and my sister and I. Okay. My mom was a super young mom, trying to support two kids. She was a candy striper at the hospital and just doing everything she could to support us. Yeah. And so we were in government housing, you know, just living kind of hand to mouth for, for many years. Yeah. And um, that's where you learned to play on those courts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just you straight up in the hood, but just fighting it out every day, gaining yeah. respect and really, really learning how to play. There's that playground etiquette, you know, yeah. it means you get killed or be killed. That's right. And, uh, and so, yeah, I came up through the ranks of that sort of tough hood kid thing. Very cool. And, um, and didn't have a dad around really guiding me. Um, and, and so that was a challenge for me. You know, I really always had this sort of deep hole 
in my life and in my space because I didn't have a dad there to, to guide me. And it just made me so jealous when I would see all my buddies hanging with their dad. Really? Playing like, how stuff. old were you when you yeah, kind of I, felt I kind of noticed I had an athletic gift when I was about 10. And then how old were you when you just, like, felt that hole in your heart for your dad not being there? Yeah, always. Since really? I, yeah, since I can remember. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then I finally met him when I was 13, and we kind of rekindled and actually started a friendship. Oh, cool. Come to find out my dad's a world-class athlete. He's a Choctaw Indian. He held the state of Texas 100-yard dash record for 30 years. He's a really You Indian. didn't break it? No, yeah, I didn't break <laughs> it. I was a sprinter. But but he but you know he he was one of the top recruited football players in the in the entire country. I think in 1966 or 67. Wow. And he ended up going to University of Texas and playing for Coach Dale Royal. And um and so we you know Unbeknownst to me, here he is with this. I, I inherited this pretty pretty strong work ethic and this this, this physical prowess from him. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, man, I, I just kind of excelled in high school and really became a, a pretty good basketball player, maybe better than average. I was draining in about twenty eight points a game. <laughs> I'd say that's slightly yeah, better than average. With a thirty seven inch vertical, so I could I could play, man. But you know what? I realized when I got to to major university to play basketball was I didn't have a strong enough left hand. Yeah. Like the truth was, at six three, I was kind of the little man on the court, and I just my left hand wasn't strong enough to really be the ball handler on yeah. the squad. So. I kind of figured that out pretty quick. So I never really even suited up with the horns. I just decided, hey, this isn't the right play for me. I need to get serious about my education. I want to be a filmmaker. I really? You I, knew then, yeah, back I knew, then? I knew then I wanted to be a filmmaker. I also wanted to do business, you know, yeah. be a businessman. So I kind of sort of kicked the can around for a couple of years in university. And I left UT and went to University of North Texas. Okay. Um, and, and at that university, I got an incredible education. I ended up getting a Bachelor of Arts degree. Um, knowing that I was going to study and go into the field of direct being a director, a film director. Really? Did they have that at that school yeah, at they, the time? They had, a, they had a concentrated study of what's called radio, television, and film. Okay. Um, which is part of the arts department. So I still studied like psychology was a major elective for me. Yeah. Study of human behavior has always been something I've always yeah. got my ear on the track about that helps me be a director. That's right. And so, um, but yeah, man, I, I got an amazing education there. Not only just a general collegiate education, but like I came out of there with skills, man. We, yeah. You know, I literally was producing, directing shows that were on public access channels and really utilizing you know, utilizing, I sort of took my athletic, you know, work yeah. ethics into my profession, my budding new young profession as a director. Of course, I had no idea what I was doing, but I, I was willing to show up early yeah. and stay late. Do you look back ever and go, oh, what the heck was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wonder, you know, there were many years when I was living in Nashville, just struggling, you know, barely eating. When did you move here? I came to Nashville in 1994. So how old were you? I was uh, 26. Oh, so you're like pretty fresh out of college. Yeah, I came straight from college to here. And so I, why Nashville? Yeah, why, I, why not like L.A.? You're yeah. going to be a, you know, a filmer guy. Yeah, that's a great question. So You, <laughs> you know, got I a great could, answer. Yeah, I should go to either New York or L.A., right? Yeah, that right. Was sort of, that was my plan. But I was writing and, and, and performing a lot of music. I played guitar and just was sort of writing stuff. And one of my best buddies, who I was roommates with at University of North Texas, he moved to Nashville. He graduated a year before me, so he kind of already came here. And he said, dude, this is crazy. Nashville, they're shooting music videos here big time. Like, this is a major thing. Maybe maybe you should come stay with me for a week and just, just put your toe in the water here yeah. and see if you can't. You know, we could jam. We could play some music. You can come out and just see me. Come hang out. It'll be my graduation present to you. Come hang out, stay on my couch for a couple of weeks. I said, "Dude, I'm in." So I came here and I never left. That and is just, so I made cool. some friends and we started playing music and staying up all night and just it just became like a really crazy ten year run of just just rolling with a bunch of artists. So friends. you were making videos of them and stuff at yeah, that time. Yeah, hundred percent. I came here right off the bat and started making music videos. <laughs> oh, and cool. that was like a really good way to learn my craft as a director. Yeah. Is, you know, moving the camera around and figuring out what to do and how to do it and how to be resourceful. Do you remember um, the first music video you did? Who it I, was? I do. It, it was it was a it was a Christmas video <laughs> for some famous uh, famous uh, studio musicians. Vassar Clements was kind of like one of the most renowned fiddle players okay. in the world ever of all time. Yeah. 
Nancy Norman Blake were also just bluegrass like superstars. And so I shot a little little song of them on film in a studio playing God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. That was the actual very first thing I ever shot. How uh, cool. <laughs> that is so cool. And uh, that was a long, long time ago and have since done, you know, a lot. of. Yeah, well, then you get connected, essentially. You know, your network starts to grow at 26 because these people know somebody else and go, hey, man, you ought to hire this dude yeah. for couple nickels well, <laughs> he's yeah, just trying well, to figure it out yeah what had happened for me here in town where there were two people that kind of took me and and took me serious when i first came here that i that i kind of owe a bear hug every time i see yeah them. i bet one is a guy named david bennett at the time david bennett was the general manager of a place called the motion picture labs mpl for mm. short and they processed film and had an editorial bay and did a bunch of stuff kind of in the film space yeah um, and then another person was a, a, a lady named Armanda Costanza. Uh, they, she owned a company called AC Inc. Um, and, uh, and they rented film equipment, like cameras and lenses and yeah. just all that kind of stuff. So those were the two people that had companies that I went to in the very beginning just to meet somebody here in Nashville like yeah. that, that were doing work. And they were both so kind to me. And they saw some talent or maybe whatever in me that they said, hey, man, yeah. So you just got out of college. I kind of played that college thing as yeah. best I could, and they believed in me, and so they supported me on a couple projects. And by that, I mean like Armanda was so sweet. She didn't charge me to, to be my director of photography or to rent the equipment. How she, cool. They really did me a favor, man, and I owe them forever yeah, for, that's for huge. doing that. Yeah, that's huge. And then David Bennett's company processed my film for me and uh and um and didn't charge me yeah uh and and it was it was really a good business decision because ultimately i ended up bringing a lot of business to to both of them did you did you but, edit it as well or did you send it somebody and then you sat there and edited it or yeah I we mean, how's I, that work because like my son he edits a lot right. of his commercial stuff by himself right now well he's not a big house guy <laughs> yeah yeah no i get that well back in this we're talking you know this is just 25 years ago i know so at that point in time, it, it, you you didn't have the, you know, MacBook Pro yeah, laptop that you could pop open with this super easy to use edit platform stuff. Like it was a different deal. Like, yeah, you you, I, you really had to engage in a professional editor if you wanted something really edited at that point in time yeah. in, in your career. I I did I did grow towards uh, learning how to edit and run Final Cut Pro software yeah. to do my own editing over time. But, um, yeah, it, it was best. And it, still to this day, I can edit, but I find that my work is a lot better when I, <laughs> when I engage another editor. Like, that's a professional editor that yeah. can take my footage and my ideas and everything and then go, go maintain some objectivity and bring some creative ideas to the table yeah. to, help, to help this thing kind of come together. So I've learned how, how important it is to, to leverage other people's talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're always better when we're connected to a team or something. The, um, uh, I was joking with you off, off mic or camera, whatever <laughs> we got going on here, about you have crammed so much into 52 or three years that this is more like going to be a mini-series instead of just a one-off deal. But, um, you know, when I met you, um, I was basically walking into a men's Bible study, kind of a group over here, and you were like, you go to that too? And I'm like, do you go to that? You know? and, and I was always curious um, since I met you, and it's just like the way you tell the story of how you – found Christ in your life or how Christ came into your life was just so compelling to me. And I was just like, let's go dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you, you mentioned earlier a little bit about your dad. Tell, tell everybody about that, your dad and that story. And yeah. My, so my dad was, uh, um, you know, he had native heritage, native roots yeah. in, in the Choctaw. So we're sort of Choctaw heritage. If you saw my dad, he had jet black hair down to his waist. Yeah. Um, that's what he kind of became later in life. When he was young, you know, he had a crew cut and was very athletic. Um, and then after after he left playing football, um, he actually had a little stint with the Jets, which we, which you were a coach yeah. at. But he hurt his back pretty bad right off the bat and ended up not playing NFL football. So he went to L.A. and it ended up becoming Steve McQueen's stunt double and, <laughs> oh, and bodyguard. Geez. You know, so he was with McQueen for quite a few movies, and and this is a true story. So he just was like, "I'm going to go be a stuntman." 
out of football. Well, he, not really. He was just a tough dude, and he went out to L.A., and he was good friends with a guy named J.D. Souther. J.D. wrote – he was married to Linda Ronstadt, and okay. he, he wrote a bunch of the big hits for the Eagles. And, uh, and so uh, he knew him. And I think going out to L.A., as he, the story that he told me was that, that he, uh, he just went to some parties that they were all invited to. It was kind of a hippie time back yeah. then, you know, and everything was good, and they had a good time. And, and he met McQueen, and they just became best friends. <laughs> and, cool. Right? He's like, I need a stunt double. Yeah. And so he – You're so, crazy enough to do it. Yeah, he ended up being kind of more of his bodyguard, his sort of wrangler. And uh, and so that led to to some to some work. And yeah. he worked in art departments with Pato Guzman and a bunch of other people in the Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, which was a cool old yeah. western back yeah. in the day. And he did quite a few movies back then. And I didn't know any of this, of course. Yeah. Um, I didn't know any. I didn't even know that he was involved in anything until many years later. Um, we had reconciled, and we kind of came to be best. So how old friends. are you then? Yeah. At the point at this point, this would have been about. I guess I was about 35. Okay. And I was shooting, this is kind of a cool thing, but I was shooting Merle Haggard's music video at Willie Nelson's house in Austin. And since my dad was, you know, a football player at the University of Texas, yeah, I thought, yeah. you know what, I'm going to call you up. I, I called him Papa. I said, Papa, I, I'm shooting Merle Haggard's video at Willie Nelson's house in Austin. Why don't you come hang out so with him? So you had a little bit of a relationship with him before that. Yeah, we we had reconciled before. Okay. That. Yeah, we had gone, you know, do, doing a bunch of fishing trips and okay, stuff like that cool. together. So this was a this was the time when we 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 really found each other and we kind of decided to just be best friends. Oh, know? cool. And uh, and unfortunately, he was sick at this point. He got cancer. Mm. He had lung cancer. Yeah. And uh, and so when he showed up on the set there at Merle Haggard's deal, he was bald. You know, he lost all his hair. And so I decided that we were just, you know, me and my brother, we shaved our heads too. And we were both long hair guys. Oh, so, very cool. So here I was on the set shooting Merle with a buzzed head and he was bald. And it was kind of an interesting thing. But at the end of the day, he comes up to me and he puts his arm around me. It was kind of a big moment for me, really, to, yeah. to have a dad say, hey, good job, son. He's like, man, I'm impressed. You, you really are a director, son. <laughs> there was like 180 people on my payroll that day. It was a big shoot. And, uh, and he goes, man, this is a trip. He goes, and he, that's when he started telling me a little bit about his Hollywood beginnings okay. and kind of where all that went. So that was an interesting story. But um, from a spiritual standpoint, um, I, I really resonated with my, you know, my dad and I would have these big 10,000 foot conversations, you know, about, about life and love and just everything. Yeah. That's something I really miss about him not being here today. Right. I, mean, I could always call him up and we'd talk about everything from like science to Hubble telescope stuff down to, you know, basic mundane things of life, you know. And so I miss that. Yeah. That, you know, that relationship with him and those conversations. Through that, we, we both had a chance to express our thoughts about creation and about God. And we, we spent quite a bit of time talking about that. Well, he was... Um, did you go I'm going to interrupt you did you go to church with your mom and stuff before yeah that? so when I was in high school uh, they had like a church right near our high school and so they would invite me over there on Wednesdays to play basketball and, yeah. <laughs> get you on so the squad like, alright come on I'll try right. so I started going over there and um, and um, I had a stepfather who wasn't super nice to us um, and he never would ever go to church but my sister and I started going and then they invited us to go to a church camp called Super Summer I'm like, mom, can we can we go? Because all my other friends yeah, are going. Right, like, yeah. just you know, it's a whole God thing. I don't know about that, but it sounds like a fun deal. <laughs> I'll so, kill it on yeah, the basketball. Yeah, yeah, court. exactly. So we went. It was on the campus at Baylor University, and uh, we went to that. And I guess you know that's when I, I really first was introduced to, to God, really. Really? Um, yeah, and and I, I embraced it. I, I feel like I was kind of on this emotional high. You know, the music was good. Yeah. My friends were all walking down the aisle. It was, it was emotional, and I, I got I got wrapped up in that, and it felt really, really great for the first time. You know, I had yeah. all these holes in my heart from growing up in the hood and not having a dad and all these disappointments and, yeah. and stuff. And then all of a sudden, this filled my, my, filled my spirit, man. This felt good. Yeah. And then my sister, who was always my hero, um, was was right there too, and so like I sort of followed her lead always. You know, she was just like everything to me. I, I still to this day uphold yeah. her as like my my warrior. Oh, that's cool. And um and so, 
like she so we talked about it me and her talked about it one day about well, all that was being talked about with God and so we decided that we were gonna accept that and so we did and and I feel like my my life was very complex after that like um I I didn't sometimes I lived like a Christian and then other times I absolutely didn't you know mm-hmm. I'm not 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 super proud of some decisions I made throughout my life yeah um, and, uh, and I felt like I kind of drifted a little bit, um, uh, um, away as I would start to see all these, I just got so just fed up with the idea of Christianity and all these people, these, these televangelists just pull, you know, hide your wallet when the Christians come in the room and like, yeah. you know, I really just got just fed up with this kind of crazy conversation and this judgmentalness and all this stuff coming yeah. from the church. Like I just kind of didn't really want to be a part of that. No, you were a basketball player. Yeah, but... I wanted to play <laughs> ball, man. But no, and and then but seriously, later in life when I was way way beyond my basketball days, um when I became, you know, a young professional and was really kind of yeah. starting to kill it. Like I finally got past the super starving artist stage. I I was so blessed with an amazing wife and um I actually shot her music video. She had a record deal on DreamWorks Records. And Is that how you guys that's how kind we of met? met? Yeah, very cool. And then, um, and you know, it, it was in the cards for us to to be together a long term, and we we've actually been together now seventeen years. Awesome. She's amazing, and she's a singer. She's an incredibly talented singer and yeah. artist, and um, and so she would be on tour, um, and you know, singing in front of fifteen twenty thousand people every weekend. And then I would be at home, and so we never really were going to church for a good seven or eight years there. And so, but I was cool because I was having these conversations with my dad mm-hmm. about about sort of his native perspective on spirituality. Yeah. And man, I really resonated with that. Like, I liked that idea. It didn't have anything to do with family life centers or passing the offering yeah. plate or, <laughs> or, or, you know, judgmentalness or... Any of those things, man. Right. It was just, it was one-on-one relationship with you and your creator. It was organic. And so I found myself going out in the woods. I think last time when you and I talked, that's where we left our conversation. I, I yeah, you out. left me on this big yeah, cliffhanger, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I would go out in the woods every weekend and, and put together a, a, a true native prayer circle with rocks and enter in through the west. I mean, enter in through the east where the sun comes up and go out through the west. And just, I kind of learned this native spiritual basis. Yeah. Uh, and I, and that resonated, man. It really sat well with me. I was I was finding myself. I, I had somewhere to go. Yeah. And and I and and I felt good about one creator of all good things. And um, but as life becomes more and more complex for people when they have children and yeah. <laughs> you know your career goes a million directions and all these things sort of stack up. I found I started to kind of find myself feeling once again a little bit hollow, like something is just not fully fulfilling me. Um, I mean, I'm experiencing great successes. I'm doing stuff yeah. that like people could only dream of. I'm going around the world shooting all this crazy cool TV. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm shooting like hundreds of episodes of television and really getting a chance to express my talent as a director and as a cinematographer which I truly love my artistic prowess, but at the same time, just spiritually felt kind of like dried up, like it just, something's missing. Hmm. And, um, and so what happened was I was, um, I was, I, 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 we started to go to church. Allison was like, okay. So she quit touring at this one specific company. So was this like and, 10 years ago? Yeah, no, or? this was, this was uh, four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, she was like, I'm, you know, I really want us to go to church. And now we have a daughter at the time. She was, uh, let's see, she was eight years old and we were like, well, we really kind of would like for her to meet some friends and sort of start going to church somewhere. Yeah. Maybe that would help us. So we started to go to church and um and then the, our preacher at this church said that that he was going to do a fast and do fasting i'm like well that's interesting i'd like to to learn about that check that out and see what that's about because um that sounds kind of athletic to me you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice challenge you know and so i started to research just a little bit about fasting in general and uh realized it's very spiritually based and very very ordained or whatever they you know yeah and so I realized that 
you know, I really, I called myself a Christian, but I didn't know anything about the Bible. I never really. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, maybe every now and then I'd listen to somebody at church, but I didn't really know much. About didn't open it. it. I didn't open it and read it, actually yeah. consume it. And I didn't know what, what the, all I, all I could go on was what other people said. And, and man, fast forward to today where, uh, so yeah, go back to the fast. Yeah, so let's not fast, fast forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's stay at the fast. No pun intended. <laughs> so we get to the fast, man, and, and I and I go through this, and and the idea was, you know, you don't tell people you're fasting. You just go behind closed doors. So it's not like it becomes very one-on-one. So did you do a two-day fast, a, a weekend yeah, fast, yeah, a week was, fast, or a... It was a long... It was a many, many days. Yeah. It, it was a long fast. It, it was actually 21 days. That's a long fast. Yeah. And um and so I was intimidated by that, man. What are you talking about? I can't go that long without food. So Yeah. Um but Did you drink you week, drank water? Lemon water with okay. cayenne pepper in it. Okay. And um and that really helped. Um but of course I lost a lot of weight and um and I actually felt felt great. It was very difficult for a while, but physically, believe it or not, like that I that really was a big win for me physically. Yeah. Aside from what I'm about to tell you, but like on day, <laughs> on, uh, on day 18, this of dude's it, full of cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on day 18 of that fast, I was in, in, you know, I was, I was praying. The idea is that when you're hungry, you pray. Right. And so it was dinner time and I was praying and just asking God like, man, okay, I'm with this, this has been a good physical reboot for me, but I don't, I'm, I'm guess I'm just not hearing from you, God. Like what? Yeah, this is day sp- 18. Am I, sp- am I supposed to be hearing from you? How does this really work? <laughs> Cause I'm I, getting hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a man. And, and it, honestly, this, this incredible feeling of comfort came upon me on that day. And, um, and, and, and I felt this kind of overwhelming nudge. To, to, to surrender control that control perhaps was my was my downfall that uh, that to, to and the and the beauty of what what God teaches what Jesus taught was that you don't have to carry the burden of your life that that he wants that he wants to take that off your hands yeah and um, and, and the burdens of your life were growing up no dad or you know dad missing right and yeah. just having this sort of uh, the sense of just not having ever, not ever having money, always yeah. sort of struggling to pay my bills and all of that, just yeah. you know, constantly. And so, I always thought that my way was a good way, you know. Apparently, and and this this was a very humbling experience for me to go, wow, okay, wait a minute. So now I'm, I guess I'm kind of getting this. I surrender, um, and then I don't have to carry this burden by myself. Um, and it just, man, I feel like my whole life opened up after that. So day eighteen, day was eighteen, like, like was a, was my day. Like okay, and day nineteen, I started reading the Bible. Oh, you didn't read it before day eighteen? Uh, <laughs> you were just praying. I was just praying. I mean, you know, because I thought that's because you didn't probably know yeah. where to start. Yeah, the so, Bible is kind of uh, daunting. I guess maybe is a word because it's like, where do I start? Yeah, you it's know, just, which so, page? It's 1800 pages or yeah. however many pages you know and it's like where, where what do, do I, I do so yeah. I, I, I had heard so many different conflicting stories about Jesus I decided that I was just going to dive in and just read for myself the gospels there you go and actually go there and actually read it for myself and see what I think about it you know and man, what I mean! It so was where did you start? Where did you dated. tell everybody? I, yeah, where I started in Luke. I started. I opened the book. I started reading Luke, and then, like at Luke one, at Luke one, yeah. So the birth and all that, yeah, business. just the beginning of, of, yeah. of the story of, yeah. of of Jesus being born with John John the Baptist, yeah. and, and all that. And so, um, and then it's on, like you kind of can't fake a goosebump. The truth is, I was so blessed because some really really wonderful guys came alongside me um and i was invited to go to a study uh uh, uh, they're like 7 a.m in franklin which was a long way i lived in mount juliet at the time it was like 45 minute drive yeah started at 7 a.m i'm like boys that's a that's a commitment that's a commitment man i don't know and i'm an artist man i'm not an early bird kind of dude (laughs) this is a stretch for me but these guys were just really 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 wonderful people 
Um, Very this cool. thing's led by Gabe Lyons. And and I and I so I decided to make a commitment to go do that. That's because, what day was that of this fast? Or yeah, were were no, you done the, with the fast? No, this was just this was maybe a little yeah, I was done with the fast. Okay. This was a little little ways after that. Uh when when this whole study started. And so man, I actually had had some dudes that were doing just that. They were studying the New Testament. They were studying the Bible. So I'm like, well, maybe I could fall in with these guys and actually learn something. Like it wasn't really a social event. It was a hey, we're here to study yeah. this. And and so I'm like, okay, cool. I liked. I really appreciated that that they stayed on point and you know were yeah. serious about learning what it says. Yep. I wanted to interpret it for myself. Right. And and so in doing so, man, I really kind of came to the conclusions that that this whole idea of the of, of how Jesus led led a lot his life and what the legacy what he left behind for us to 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 know was so different than what I've heard from the pulpit and what i heard from your dad how life. about like your dad how would you compare it like in those conversations with your dad because he was probably talking of the great the great spirit the great spirit yeah. and not not defining it to yeah, exactly who it was so very different in that regard um i just kind of peeled it back to like saying hey look and i did talk to my dad about this i go man you know like the truth is regardless of what you think uh about about creation um it's kind of hard to dispute what what like all these other people make their own interpretations about the bible and about christianity and and i feel like they get it wrong i think the sort of the image of christian is is has been skewed in ways that are kind of like i I would like to be a part of redefining that Mm -hmm. to the the secular world because i think what he really teaches is frankly to do unto others as you have them do unto you that's like one of his top two biggest things ever of all time and where's what's wrong with that like that is (laughs) right that is something that everyone should 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 agree on yeah you know regardless how polarizing some of these big topics are that people are absolutely arguing about today from a social standpoint um just getting down to the basics of spirituality like life is so complicated and so like look at the science of just the molecular cell makeup of your body and how sophisticated that is and then add in the psychology factor of oh, emotions yeah. and love. Like, that is so sophisticated and mind-blowing. You simply, I, my heart bleeds for people that are agnostic about that. Because yeah. the, the, the fact that that's just a coincidence and, like, that that's ridiculous. Like, there has to be this, there had, it's too sophisticated to not be created by supreme intelligence. Right. And so I kind of started there. But you didn't feel that way all the time because you didn't know it that way all the time. Right. You see things through a different lens now. Same eyes, different lens. Exactly. And, yeah. and just so like I kind of like to tell some of my friends who, who are very secular and maybe not Christians like, hey, just accept me for what I am. I'm not trying to jam my agenda down yeah. your throat. But all I'm going to try to do is love you like I want you to love me. Yeah. Right? Like if you need help, I want to help you. Yeah. Because that's my moral standard. Of, of trying to live this way yeah very cool right that's what yep. he taught that's what he teaches and so so many people get it wrong like getting trapped up and caught up in the cares of the world um i think it's pretty clear throughout his message um on earth that to not do that will you do another fast i do it every year now yeah yeah i've done it three times so the first fast got you there. Yeah. What the second fast so the second, and the third the, fast. You're, you're such a good, you're, 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 I love the way you dig on these questions. Um, <laughs> it's on point, coach. So, uh, yeah, man. I, I You can't just do the same yeah, thing, get the same know, result. Right? But what happened the second year was just an explosion of, of understanding of like, wow, I, I really had. So by the time the whole year went by, because we did it on, it starts on, we do this fast on, on January the 1st. Okay. And so the first 21 days of the year. And they've done that now three years in a row. Actually, four years in a row. How cool. And so... Um, you might uh, get me fasting for yeah, right? 21 days. Well, we know what intermittent fasting, how, how good that yeah, is I for the that. body, I right? Do do that, I think yeah. that. I think there's a pretty big movement of uh, educating the world about, yeah. about the, how good that can be for you. Um, and so, uh, you know, when you're dealing with food and you're talking about food, there's, there are a lot of people that have food-related issues issues and stuff so you know it's not like everybody has to do something so your second fast got you yeah the second fast just kind of was an eye-opener because then i had processed a whole year of study was it easier 
No. Because you... No. <laughs> it wasn't. Straight up. And man. that's the truth, yeah, right? that's the truth. It, it wasn't Because some people would go, well, yeah, because I knew what to expect or whatever. And you're yeah. like, no, not no, no. Uh, just hell no. Yeah, yeah, it's rough, man. Uh, the that's first maybe the way I just said that. But hey, it is what it is. It is. The first few, the first few uh, days are, are, are difficult. Um, and then... You kind of have, a and then uptick. it doesn't get any easier. After yeah, that. and then, then you then you have like the seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven days where it's it's. That, I find those to be the hardest part. But then after that, it actually does kind of get a little easier. Okay, your body sort of starts to shift and re and, and change what it, its expectations. What it, yeah, you know? when you drive by a restaurant, your body yeah, yeah. used to expect you were going to get fed over yeah. there. But <laughs> exactly. It's like, nope, that ain't happening. Yeah, just keep driving. But, so, the, so what was the third year fast? Yeah, well, you know, I think did you that, journal it all? Like, yeah, you know? yeah. I started. I had someone say, "Man, you should start journaling your third year." So I did. I was okay. Spend, I was kind of spend my prayer time more or less journaling my thoughts, uh, just writing down some some challenges I was having. I, I found that a lot of my my prayer time was me asking God for stuff. Mm. Right, like I, I I objectively stopped in the midst of the third year fast. And thought, you know, when I look back on the last ten days, all I've kind of done is ask God, please give me this. Uh, God, me <laughs> God make me this. God yeah, help right. my business do that. God make my pain go away. God help my wife be, you know, get all she wants in her life. Right. God help make make my daughter strong and smart. You know, all these things, right? And I and I kind of started to shift that a little bit and started to spend a whole lot of my prayer time just praising and thanking God for what I do have. And, and and that changes the dynamic a little bit. So I started thinking more about the idea of of you going behind closed doors and praying and the significance of that. Yeah. Like, just think logically what, what God might may think about that. You know, about oh wow, there's 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 Coach Hagen, man. He there he is in his in his in his room. Um and he's engaging me. He's in he's you know, I find that, I mean, I would, thinking about it from a godly perspective, I, I, I can only imagine that he would, that appreciates that, that relationship. Yeah. If he made us to have eternal companionship, yeah. then it's got to be pleasing to him when we set aside time, one-on-one, without fanfare, or without anybody else hearing or knowing what we're or talking these about. cell phone Or the things. cell phone on, and you're just focused completely. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I was having a hard time during uh, this third year fast. I really, I really started to to use that time as a as an effort to to learn how to focus more, like really become more laser focused. Because I, you know, I tend to have multiple plates spinning in yeah. the air all the time. I've yeah. got multiple businesses going, a whole bunch of different shoots in pre production at all times, and 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 big dreams. Yeah, you know. And so, um, how can I? be more productive and still spend more quality time with my family. That's kind of my objective. And yeah. I went into this last year fast thinking about those objectives. And it really kind of became just super clear to me that I needed to, to learn how to focus. And so I started doing the Calm app. Have you ever heard of that? No. There's an app that you can get on your phone. It's called the Calm app. See we're not know? sponsored by the Yeah, Calm we're not sponsored app, by Calm. <laughs> there, there are yeah, a lot I'll of, check it out. There's a lot of meditation apps yeah. out there that can kind of just guide you through a little meditation, 10-minute, 15-minute yeah. meditation just guide. Just to slow you down. Slows you down and, and get you to breathe and focus so that you can keep your train of thought focused on one thing. Because yeah. what I realized was in my prayer time, I would start to focus my prayer on God. And next thing you know, I'm drifting over here and I'm thinking about, you know. Barbecue. Yeah. Oh, That's and, me. And so they say that they say that you need to come up with a word. Call it whatever. Bullseye. Yeah. Jesus. Whatever your word is. Um, your dog's name. Something that when you say that name, it pulls you back to center. Gotcha. Right. And, and I realized that in my prayer, I couldn't focus for more than 15 seconds without drifting my thought. To go, whoa, this isn't very good. I need a, what? <laughs> I need a little help. I need a little help here. So that became my prayer. God help me learn to focus because I want to put my attention on you. Yeah. You know, and I and I want to I want to I want you to feel that I'm devout, that I'm that I'm 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 intentionally opening my heart and my mind in this moment and I and I want you to have this space. Yeah. I don't want to drift around here and think about 
my agenda today or my plane flight or what I did wrong in this shoot last week or what I could do better over here or right. what my daughter said this morning. I, I need to I need to focus. I just want to be able to focus on, on, on one thing. And so, man, I spent the better part of 21 days really just trying to focus on meditation and, and thinking about one thing, and that was just God and, and opening my heart and mind to hear. I kind of get a little hokey when I hear people, God spoke to me this morning, yeah, right, God right. said this, and God told me to go do this or that. Yeah. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen for people. Um, I just, uh, you know, it hasn't happened to me like that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. there's no audible voice. I've been witness to some miracles in my life. You're not Moses. I yeah, thought I was yeah, interviewing yeah, Moses. Right. <laughs> hey, Moses. <laughs> Would you just say Moses? It's, yeah, right? It feels big. It feels big That's right? big. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, I, 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 I just am kind of learning to focus and be a little bit more uh, intentional. I think what's super cool now... Um, what you're doing now because you started you we were talking off mic and you were telling me about how you're very intentional about making projects that are pointed towards God but not so like some of these things are super cheesy I mean yeah. <laughs> I know it hits everybody differently but some of them I'm I just kind of like oh man that's a little too cheesy. My kids wouldn't watch this. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, where I think it's so cool that you recognize that, you see it, and you're 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 the perfect guy to do that, in my opinion, because you've done a lot, you've lived a lot of different places. Um, I always kind of lean towards athletes, anyways, a little <laughs> bit because they lived the life that I lived and loved, right. and so I can um, relate to you that way. I love. I love music and art and all that, live music and all that. So I relate to you well that way. And, um, you know, you did that. Uh, you got to tell everybody the show with the big trucks and all oh, that. the song. The, the, uh, no, the, the one that you're doing with Big Kenny. Oh, Big Kenny's Crank It Up Garage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Kenny's Crank yeah, It Up that's Garage. That's a lot of fun. I mean, that's, that stuff is so cool, you know. Yeah. And um, I just loved your idea of art and storytelling and the way you do that. And now with this this additional direction that you're going with all these other projects, you know, you're starting to tell stories of humanity and connecting them to Christ and God and stuff. And I just think that's super cool. I mean, I don't know all the details, though. You have to tell people yeah. that stuff. So, Well, thanks, Coach. You know, I, so I'm just taking on a little bit of a different approach to my craft and my career um I, i've spent my whole career in the secular world creating big yeah tv shows and, and and projects and uh and so yeah i definitely see a need whereas the demand is really high and the supply is really low for just kind of good solid family content yeah um and so but you know i have a real big appetite for good storytelling like i watch movies I, i'm a, still a movie junkie i love watching movies yeah and so uh I, I unfortunately there's just not a lot of good options that are created very i'm often. watching hell on wheels have you watched that no series? But i've heard about it there are like uh 20 bad guys and, and the lead is the only good guy yeah. it's like there we need guys like you making yeah. good stories because right. they're so you know, I love when Nick Saban says we got to fight human nature every day, yeah. you know, as a team. And and as a director or as a storyteller, that's what you're doing. Essentially, you're fighting human nature because human nature can kind of get whack. Well, you know, <laughs> life is messy, coach. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. A lot of I think a lot of sort of faith based film directors and producers you know, I I high five all of them because their agenda is on point. Yeah, but, but unfortunately, a lot of it falls short on the technical aspect of execution, or the storytelling just isn't strong, or what for right. whatever the whole host of reasons why it doesn't right. look like something super well done, like a J.J. Abrams film or Christopher Nolan picture. Somebody that's fantastic. These are directors whom I really admire: David yeah. Lynch, David Fincher, all these incredible filmmakers. Um, and so my agenda now is to is to make make content for secular world, but to just have some redemptive value in the yeah. storytelling, yeah. right? To showcase characters that are complex because life is messy, but but infusing God in a way that's not offensive, or not showcasing it in a way where 
um, I think a lot of people have done so in the past where it just it's just it it they take the I feel like the wrong approach yeah to it almost it. does the opposite of it kind of does it, it yeah. turns people off because they see they see this the style of, of storytelling that's not attractive to them and, yeah and it feels cheesy and and so I think every filmmaker out there that's kind of faith-minded is saying these things now like we're gonna make the next thing yeah. it's not gonna be cheesy like everybody sort of says that now that I talk to um, and that's good that that means that the the industry itself is sort of reforming and changing and everybody's trying to raise the bar on their technical expertise and their ability to attract world-class technicians to help them execute these visions. Filmmaking, um, episodic television making, um, these things are, it takes, it takes real skill yeah. from a huge team to, to, to execute these things. This isn't like you can't just run out with a camera and just pick up some shots. You know? No, that's like, one of my questions for you because you got to get the team on the same page too. You can't have like guys jumping off over here at lunch going, you know, I don't know about this. This is kind of jacked up the way we're doing this. You yeah, know, you got to, yeah. it's like a football team, right? Just like I don't that. know if we, you know, that, that, our coaches, he, he sucks. We, we can't have this guy because you can't win that way. You, you can't. can't win. And I'm sure in the film business, you got guys all over the place doing whatever their job is. Yeah. They all got to be like dialed in, though. You know. Well, here's the thing, coach. I, that, let's use the coaching analogy and parallel that to production. Because you're the director, you're the yeah. head coach. Yeah, pretty much. That so. Um, I can expect my crew, the electricians and the gaffers and the grips and the art department and all the people that are out there making yeah. the set come to life, camera department, et cetera, et cetera. I can expect them to do the job I'm paying them handsomely to do as a professional on their own merit. They don't have to like me. Right. Um, but they, but I do expect them to do their job, right? They don't have to be Christians. They right. You know, I'm not hiring. I'm not, I'm not like, Hey, let me see your, no, you're hiring your, pros. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I want the best people possible. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but, but, it really, really makes the process better, and I think the end result is better when your crew, when you have your the respect of your crew, because they'll they'll tend to be a little bit more allegiant. They'll they'll tend to be a little bit more on point. They'll they'll get there a little bit earlier. They'll 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 think through their process, and they'll 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 have a standard. That Take more ownership. They'll they'll have to own it more because they're like, man, I'm I'm working for Doc today. Yeah, I better be on point. I want to be on point because I want it to be great. Yeah. For, not just because I'm here getting paid my fee for the day, but because yeah. because cause I, I, I used to be that guy that would run around barking at everybody and, you know, try to scare people into submission and all that like that. I learned over the years, man, that that's really not. I can't even imagine you, you were can't, that right? guy. You can't, right? I know. I, I, it doesn't seem like my personality. And the truth is that was my insecurities coming out. If I yeah. felt insecure about something, I'd bark at somebody, you know, and and and... and but I've learned over the years to the better I, I get way more out of my team when I'm right there in the trench with them. Yeah. And they know I'm pulling from the rope right there with them and I'm here to support them. So my job kind of becomes literally to, to help my team be the best they can be. Yeah. I'm sure you're great at it just cause you, you get it, you get it from a lot of different sides. Um, knowing eyes see more, you've been doing this a long time, knowing ears hear more. So, you know, you know what you want it to look like, and you're going to get it. You're not going to lower the standard. You're going to get it to what you want it to look like, and that's what makes it so special. So I'm looking forward to any of these projects that you put together. Hey, this show is called Another Rep. I'm going to land this plane real okay. quick. Cool. Um, what does that even mean to you, Another Rep? Another Rep. Well, I, when you told me about, the, about this, um, I, I really appreciate getting your emails in the morning. I, I sort of start my day off with some quiet time and kind of slowly get into my day early. I'm an early riser now. And, uh, <laughs> no. and then I'll open my emails and see what fresh came in from when I summarized my day yesterday. And typically I have two or three things that, that, that are important to me. And, and your rep has become one of them because I love that they're not super long. I can just kind of consume it quickly. It inspires me. Um, but it, it's another rep. It's like working out, man. It's like a, it's a mental workout. It's a heart workout. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, it's just, we're doing reps together. Um, and then when I know that you've got a bunch of other people repping that the same time I am, I feel like I'm a part of your culture in that regard. Yeah. 
And so, you, you know, you're coaching us with your reps and your words are what we want to consume. And so I'll, I'll take that. I take your reps in every morning. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I just, I'm just glad that you're part of the team, man. I love, I love pushing the ball forward. And, um, I just know when we rep singularly, we get strong, but when we rep together as a team and we're all going in the same direction, we can, we can, uh, complete this fight <laughs> yeah man I, I i agree that to unify in this time of sort of social dissension is i think so important oh yeah and yeah. if you're whether you're whether you're living a life of moral standards um uh, in a spiritual platform or not uh, i think we all still kind of want common ground of of to to love and be loved yeah and to 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 live a happy life, man. That's you know? right. I mean, at the end of the day, like so many people walk through life unhappy, um, and there's 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 basics that can help them from a physical standpoint, just like <laughs> we right. talk about, coach. You know, sleep, right. sleep and hydration. That's right. Those two things are free, right? Yeah. <laughs> just go, start there, um, and then and this idea of of all these you know sunday morning being the most segregated time on earth and and i heard somebody recently say you want me to believe in some some imaginary guy in the sky and if i don't believe in that then i'm gonna burn in hell like i i like they they were turned off by that completely yeah kind of broke my heart a little bit i get where they're coming from because it until until you're willing to stop and and absorb the idea of eternal life and 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 embrace the fact that you're going to die yeah. on this earth. And um, is it over? I, I always come back to the complexity of the human body and, 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 and the fact that there had to be supreme intelligence that created this. Oh, absolutely. And if that's true, then I, I have to believe that there, there's more to this than, than the here and now. Yeah. And so the only thing that makes the most sense to me is this open, loving, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you lifestyle. Yeah. And so I accept that. Yeah, you've said that a bunch on this, on yeah. this podcast. And so I know you do. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming on. We probably will have to do another one because <laughs> I know there's something we left out. Anytime for you. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So keep repping, dude. Right, I am out. All right. Doc, thanks so much for coming on. Another rep. Love having you on. Love having you share your story. I know we're all connected all the time, so your story's definitely going to help somebody else's story. You've already helped my story, so I appreciate that. For all you other peoples out there, hit like, hit share, hit subscribe, do all that stuff. Tell your people about it, and let's keep repping. I am officially out. <laughs>